but our bodies are always talking to us. And, you know, I think like listening to that knowledge, listening to that wisdom, and then utilizing it to um, create more autonomy for yourself, like with your energy and your time. Um, it's such a powerful resource and it's just right here within us. It's happening all the time. And we, most people were not taught to be aware of it. I certainly wasn't. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knabel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast this week. I am so floored. We have Sharon Bailey back with us this week for round two of this discussion around period power and cycle syncing and all of the good things. I feel like we really were just getting into the juiciest part of our conversation at the end of our episode last week. And so Sharon is joining us again this week. And um, she's going to drop some serious knowledge on us today. I'm very excited. Welcome back, Sharon. Hi. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> had so much fun. I had to come back again. I know. I'm really, I honestly, you are someone who I love learning from period, but especially on periods. I didn't mean to, there was not. Nice one. Supposed to. I that know. Good. It was there. <laughs> Anyways, but I, this is something that I'm really excited to, to dive in with you. I really respect your views um, on this and I think. We need to hear from more women about menstrual health and period health because tired of hearing from men about it. I was just going to say that. Yes, um, ma'am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the really cool things about embracing your femininity and um, womanhood is just this like actually leaning into how dynamic it really is. I feel like for me in my life, this is something I've tried to fight for many, many years you know, and, and continue to be productive at every moment and happy at every moment. And it's just something that I have learned to stop fighting. And so now I'm coming into a space of trying to embrace it. And I feel like a lot of our listeners are going to be in that space as well. And, you know, I think one of the things that I've recognized over the last about a year that I've been toying with this, never really been fully committed to it, I will say, is that I I think I wake up feeling differently pretty much every single day of my cycle and have never really felt, you know, kind of supported in that or justified in that. And I think, you know, like that's the work to do is like your hormone levels change and shift. You have bodily changes every single day and everything is like this living, moving, breathing thing. And leaning into that and allowing yourself like the flexibility and just going with like the quote unquote flow, right? Hello. (laughs) Um, can be a really powerful thing. So today I, um, I would love for you to dig into, 
you know, a little bit more into like your journey into this and, and what has been really impactful for you. But then also, how do we do this? How do we like work with our, our body rather than against it and understand these different phases of our cycle in, in something that feels ever changing every single day? Yeah. No, I was just thinking about when you were talking about your period and, and just like learning to embrace your cycle, like from, from the beginning of our time as bleeders, like I think about my first period, I was nine, I was on a roller coaster and I was being raised by my father at the time. So I didn't tell anybody that I was like having my period. I didn't know what it was. Um, and I was like using toilet paper at, instead of like pads or tampons. Um, and I was afraid of it. And, um, and I think, you know, when you, we think back to like our relationship with our period or we like, we evaluate our relationship with our period. It's like, I feel like most of us are taught to have a period. It's just something you deal with. And then mm. the rest of the month you go or however long your cycle is, you go on doing your thing and then your period comes instead of looking at it as a whole. And it's an entire rhythm that your body a cyclical rhythm that your body is experiencing every, you know, 24 to 30 something days. Um, and, and I think there's so much power in understanding the cycle as opposed to just the like individual pieces. I mean, it's just like a holistic perspective of the body, right? Like when you're looking at your body as a whole, like your arm is connected to your torso, is connected to your head, like they're all, all these things are connected. And so how do we utilize them to our advantage? And that's what I've spent the last year and a half diving into with tracking my cycle. Like I just started doing it because I was interested in like figuring out how to tone my shit down because I was always going, always going, always going. And I was exhausted. My body, it was taking a toll on my body. I felt like I was spinning my wheels all the time. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so I started tracking my period just to get an idea of like what, what's going on there. Um, and I, what I have discovered, I mean, my body is like my test subject, right? Like the things that I discover, I'm still discovering more and more about how I work, um, have kind of blown my mind. Like something I realized this week, and it's something I've been kind of looking at over the last six months is that I have the day after I finish ovulating, which for me is day 14. My cycle is fairly short. Um, the day after I finish ovulating, I have this incredible amount of energy and focus and drive. And I do these like 12 hour work days. Like I spent 12 straight hours in the kitchen, like canning and processing food. And I never looked up. I was just super like hyper focused. And I've been noticing the, the pattern of that over the past couple of months. I'm like, gosh, there's this like one day where I could literally work from six in the morning until like 10 at night. And it wouldn't even affect me at all. 
<laughs> so, um, so anyway, I think when it comes to tracking our cycle, and, and, and this is not just for people who bleed. I mean, everybody has a hormonal rhythm. When it, when it comes to this, like, I think creating a new relationship with the idea of, you know, my body is wise, it is always talking to me. Like our bodies are always talking to us. Any sensation we feel, you know, it's just our body's response to the stimuli that we're, you know, introducing it to that's coming from within or without, without, <laughs> from like within or ex- exteriorly. <laughs> That's not even a word. <laughs> We're always making up words on this podcast. I, so I really like to make up words. It's anyway, you know what course. I mean. <laughs> so, um, but our bodies are always talking to us. And, you know, I think like listening to that knowledge, listening to that wisdom, and then utilizing it to um, create more autonomy for yourself, like with your energy and your time. Um, it's such a powerful resource and it's just right here within us. It's happening all the time. And we, most people were not taught to be aware of it. I certainly wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's really so subjective. And so, and I'm, I'm still learning so much. And um, so I'm starting to talk about it because I think it's a really powerful tool. Um. But there's definitely like some things I'm going to say where I'm like, I don't have the answer for that. <laughs> and I think a lot of it because, is because of how subjective it is. Like um, Liz, my podcast partner, and I were discussing in an uh, episode that's going to drop, um, I think the same day this one will, about Perfect. our... We'll link it in the show notes. Yes. Um, about our cycle like differences. And she is on like a 33, 32 day cycle and I'm on a 26 day cycle. So there is like, I often feel like I'm always on my period (laughs) and it's just because there's such a short amount of time between when I go into my follicular phase and when I start my bleed again. Um, and so I have to get like, pretty, um, I have to be pretty on it to like schedule things. So I have a, like when I'm ovulating, I pack in tons of interviews, like action item things. Um, whereas like, you know, and so then every couple of weeks I'm bleeding again. And it was really eye opening to me when I made that correlation in the sense of like when I used to work nine to fives, when I was the executive director of this artist residency program here in Paonia, um, I felt like so often I had to take downtime and I would have these epic to-do lists and, and there was just so, it was so, it felt so frequent that I couldn't get to it. And this was before I knew about my Enneagram type. This is before I knew about that I was an achiever and that this is a thing that I do. <laughs> and so I would get really down on myself and just be like, I am not a good employee. I am not maybe the best fit for this job. And now that I know, I just cycle through my ups and downs very quickly. Um, I can look back on that and say, oh no, it wasn't my abilities. It was just what my body needed. And I was trying to force too much. Yeah. I think when you 
something that you said earlier was just this idea of, you know, the body is communicating with you, like telling you what you need. It's reacting in kind to what it's presented to depending on, you know, where you're at in your cycle. And I think one of the things that we are taught is to just ignore our body signals rather than embrace them. And I, I feel like that's been a really common theme for me. And I'm sure that we're all not alone in that. I see you vigorously nodding your head over there. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, yes. <laughs> how do we step into this place of going from, you know, again, I personally, I believe being taught by the patriarchy to ignore our cycle mm-hmm. to coming into a place of embracing it both like in that emotional relationship and respecting that. And, and again, you know, one of the things that you said is like, you're an Enneagram three, you're a very productive person. You guys know, I mean, I would love to think about as you kind of like get into this place of, of figuring out what your cycle is like, and then, you know, digging into more about who you are inherently, how do we kind of step into that cycle sinking of your life, your productivity, your commitments, all that stuff lovingly with the mindset of like how you're wired as well. Like that's a really interesting layer, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we move from that place of kind of essentially ignoring our body signals to tapping into and at least coming to those early understandings of our body signals throughout the month? Yeah. Um, great question. So for me, it just started with downloading a period app mm-hmm. and then collecting data and and really evaluating like my ebbs and flows. And also not looking, I know last week I was like, yeah, strengths and weaknesses. And, and it's actually not strengths, it's like d- different levels of strengths, right? Like looking at where um, my strengths are and my need for rest and my strengths are in, are in my need for like outreach. Um, but anyway, it, it's, it's really starts with observation and I think it, observation is always going to be there. Um, because especially like I'm 37 at some point in the nearish future, my hormones are going to start changing and I'll be, you know, perimenopausal, menopausal. So it'll be very interesting to actually see what happens, um, when that shift happens, right? But I think um, the easiest way to get started is you just download a period app or start writing in a journal, however it is that you collect information and start collecting information on yourself. And then taking the basic premise of, you know, the the different levels of of your cycle, which I can break down. Um, Actually, let's just do that now. So the, the hormonal cycle starts at the bleed. Okay. So day one is the first day that people bleed, which I didn't actually know that until I started tracking my cycle. Um, same. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people don't. And, um, I think they think that's the end and it's actually the beginning. I mean, you think about like January winter is the first of the month or the first of the year, mm. the first of the month, the first month of the year. So same thing, right? Like this is your downtime. This is your quiet time. Um, there's a lot of clarity that happens during this time of the bleed. Okay. So then that's your menstrual or menstruating. Then you move into follicular. And this is when, um, I like to correlate it to spring. 
So I'm a homesteader. I live in a rural farming community up in the mountains. We have four seasons here. And so I've noticed a direct correlation between the natural rhythms of the earth, like a four season year and the seasons that I go through every month with my period. Um, so the follicular phase is like a spring. Um, it's when we're planting seeds and it's when the uterus is getting prepared to plant a fertilized egg. Okay. So that's, you know, this preparation that's this idea of like, um, starting to cultivate, getting ready, right. Creating ideas. So that's the follicular phase. The follicular phase then moves into the ovulation phase, which is one of my favorites. I actually really love follicular cause I love coming up with ideas. So mm-hmm. then, um, ovulation is like action. It's, uh, it's, I connect it to summer. So very, like you're very, I tend to be like much more out of myself and out into the world. Um, It's when I schedule interviews. It's when I take more meetings. I like try to cram it all in because I, again, have a very short ovulation period. Um, And then we move into the luteal phase, which tends to be longer. And that is more of the like operations. Like when you are really focusing on like, dotting your I's and crossing your T's and, um, you know, taking the ideas and the actions and putting them into like a deeper practice and getting ready to like take your rest time. And, and so the way I like to utilize this is, you know, for me, my rest time comes the last two days of my, of my cycle. And then the first day of my bleed. So the first day of my new cycle, those are the three days I've noticed that I get easily stressed. Um, things that wouldn't normally overwhelm me do. And, and it's the time when like, I look at my to-do list and it seems like it's 50 pages long when there's really only three things on it, you know? (laughs) And so I just close my book and, because I work from home, I know that this is really a privilege that maybe not a lot of people have because I, uh, because I'm an entrepreneur, I have the ability to just step away from my work. Um, but it's, it's the time that I just try to incorporate rest and just getting through the day, maybe doing some things that bring me joy that, um, you know, are relatively simple. Um, and then, I start as I, my follicular phase and my bleed kind of cross over because my cycle is so short. So I start getting a ton of clarity on my second day of my bleed. And then all these ideas that seemed like very muddled, even two days before are, are just, it's like they all come into focus. And then I start creating plans and ideas based off of that. Then. I love that. As I move into my ovulation, I um, I feel like like a superhuman almost. It's like when I can, you know, go for a bike ride and do yoga and cook all the food and do all my interviews and like you know do all the things, and then I have my day right at the end at the end of my ovulation. And right, like as I'm moving into luteal where I, you know, it's my 12 hour day, day 14. 
Um, and then I just take all that stuff that I've been working on the last couple of weeks and pull it in and really try to put it into practice on, um, you know, more of the detail oriented things and get ready for my rest time. I love that. This is, I mean, I feel like it's really, I, ever since we talked last week, for those of you who didn't listen to last week's episode, I highly recommend you go back and do that, you know, maybe now and then start the rest of this week's episode. But one of the things that, that you leaned into was just this idea of seasons. And that was such a kind of mind blowing concept for me as it relates to these and it really does follow like I think about like harvesting and you know planting and growing and you know that kind of dormancy period that's necessary with like farming and that natural rhythm that we have and how I just love the connection between like the earth and our body it's so so cool and so woo but also so cool and I, I think one of my favorite things about this whole process is that, you know, for those of us who are more kind of practically brained, this can also be a really useful tool for you from the practical side of things. And then for those of us that are a little more woo or spiritual, you can lean into it from that perspective as well. And like both of those kind of sides of things can can meet in the middle in this place of integration with the practical and the spiritual through this whole process. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And for me, again, it's it's leaning into something like this, this cycle, which I mean really is everything. I say something like this. It's everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. powerful. That's allowed me to embrace my femininity because I just tend to have more masculine energy as an Enneagram 8. I think you can relate to this as an Enneagram 3. Mm -hmm. Like that doer energy feels kind of masculine sometimes. Mm -hmm. But then I get this, it feels really confusing and I feel very out of sorts during these other phases where I'm significantly less open, outward, networking oriented, productive, those sorts of things, you know, during my menstrual cycle where I just, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to do anything. And I've noticed a cycle on my social media too. If you, if I go back and look at my, my Instagram stories archives, you'll see there's about a week or five ish days out of the month, every single month where I'm just like not on social media at all, which by the way, was the the last previous, you know, five to seven days. (laughs) And I just can't, I just can't like, I look at that app and I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. And it was really interesting talking to you when we were kind of, you know, getting ready to record the last two weeks. You were like, yeah, I'm not really on Instagram right now. I'm just kind of, you know, going through a detox with that. And I was like, oh, I feel like I go through like an involuntary detox of social media once a week. I just can't consume anything. But anyways, I think there's this really, I think it touches so many different aspects of our lives, our work, our, you know, everything that we do. And we get into the cycle as women so often with guilt and just feeling like we're not doing enough, that not enoughness. And the more I lean into that, the less I feel that not enoughness. The more I lean into my cycle and understanding my body and what it's going through, Mm -hmm. the more I understand my femininity and use that from a place of power. It's a really beautiful thing. So 
Okay. Thank you for going through all of those. We have so many listener questions. Yeah. And actually, I just <laughs> about wanna, this. I want to say something just based off of what you just said. Please. Like, you know, it, it is woo in a certain sense, but like, I, I like to kind of question like, why, why is it woo? Because, mm. you know, I think we, um, I mean, really it's science. Like we're looking at our totally. body's response to like changes in our chemical cocktails. Right. And, and then just like how our body responds and then how we utilize that for our own, you know, benefit. But in the sense of like, for me, you know, in regard to the season, I think, I think in our society, I know I was taught not really to look at seasons, not really to look at my body. In fact, until I was in my twenties, I felt like body was a bad word. Like, Mm. and so the fact that my work is totally revolved around like how my body affects my being, um, is pretty fascinating actually. (laughs) But I think, you know, we're taught that periods are gross. And so the idea of even like observing this as a thing and then connecting it to the natural world, which we are natural beings, we come from the natural world. So why wouldn't our rhythms be, you know, affected by the rhythms of the natural world and vice versa? Um, But like, you know, I just, I want to like question why it is that we feel like that is even a woo thing because, and not that I'm saying it's not, (laughs) but like what's the deep seated thing there, you know, like what's the thing that we need to unpack and work through? Because that is, I think a lot of why we've been taught to be so disconnected from this rhythm and from our bodies and from ourselves and from our, our inherent wisdom um, and tapping into these tools and resources that we have within us. Well, and I think it's, I, I, it sounds cliche, but I really do believe that when you lean into this, you are truly tapping into your, your power, your superpower as 100%. a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you know, I think there's the, I think there's the woo side, but I think there's also the practical side, right? Like I was saying, and I think this encompasses, it is both, It's both. right? Mm-hmm. It is both. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, you know, one of the things that you said was just, I mean, everything that you, I'm just like, there's so much to unpack. I, <laughs> I keep saying that, but I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much to unpack here. I think so often our relationship with our body has been dictated by a story that someone else has told us. Mm -hmm. And then also the story that then becomes internal and that we tell ourselves because of what we've learned. And this is like just the cycle of like trauma of childhood behavior of, and I, I think, you know, you guys, we won't get into it in this episode, but one of the more powerful things that, that I have heard you and Liz talk about on Unrefined She on your podcast was just your individual stories of like how your period began mm-hmm. and what that experience was like for you. And so I just really want to encourage our listeners, like let that be something to get you started in this process. Maybe go back and think about like, oh my gosh, how old was I when I started my period? What was the experience that I had? And what are those, what was that experience telling me? And, you know, is that something, is that a story that now I'm hanging on to more, more than likely? Yes, by the way. Um, and, 
And, and how can I, I change that within myself? I think so much of this is a process of, of understanding, you know, what came before and why, and then how we can move forward through that. Because until we work through some of those mindset issues, we're not going to be able to fully embrace our body. Um, okay, man, it's like, like you've mentioned on multiple things that you've taught, like, it's like having a relationship with your period, like being in a committed relationship with your period. 100%. Yeah. I mean, when, when you enter into a relationship, there's some like, there's some rocky things you have to kind of learn how to integrate another person into your right. And so, you know, it, it is, that's why I say like, just start with observation because as you begin to observe yourself, then you'll know more how to integrate it into your own life. Because again, I mean, it's, it's all circumstantial. Like it, it, like, let's take my, my interview from last week. I scheduled it during ovulation, but I hiked a big ass mountain the day before and it ate my brain. Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so there's like, there's always a thing that you just have to be aware of and like plan accordingly. But it really is. It's, it's so much more than the analytical thing. Cause I'm a very analytical thinker. Like I, I have, it takes a lot for me to get out of my head and into my body. In fact, this really helps me do that. Um, it practices building a connection. I mean, it's in a sense, it's kind of like yoga, you know, you're like connecting the mind and the body. Um, mm-hmm. and something that I, was observing recently and in, in based off of a podcast that I heard, they were talking about eating seasonally and how eating seasonally, like as we get older, our, the novelty of things, um, wears off. So our brain rec- doesn't recognize, um, time as much. And so in the sense of like, you know, when you like look up and you're like, Oh my God, is, is it, is it October already? Like what happened to this year, you know, or Mm. whatever, like time seems to fly by a lot more, the older we get. And so they were talking about how eating seasonally, um, has created a place where they can like see time laid out more and like have a a deeper Mm. connection to like the rhythm of the world and like, you know, time in general and like, uh, gives more purpose to life in a sense. And I have noticed the same thing with tracking my cycle because now I'm looking at my coming month essentially and, or months and, and assessing like where I need to put things, um, and how I need to plan accordingly and like where my ebbs and flows are going to be. And it, it really has, given me a greater connection to this like very short time that I have on earth, right? Like this very like sacred short window of experience. And instead of just like putting my head down and go, go, go. And all of a sudden it's two years later, which I literally feel like when I was postpartum, that's what happened. (laughs) Um, it's, it's given me a greater sense of, um, like being in each moment. That's so beautiful. (laughs) I just want to like take a minute to drink that in. One of the things that popped into my head when you were speaking was, you know, this idea of planning accordingly based on the seasons and then obviously your seasons that you're going through within your cycle, whether it be monthly or kind of, I mean, just like you said, your cycle is what you said, 26 days. Mm -hmm. 
in minus 34 to the letter or 33. And, and again, the episode that's coming out with the two of you, you and Liz on your podcast, Unrefined She, will be, I think, a really helpful kind of dichotomous thing for folks to listen to to understand who are maybe on either side of that. So, you know, my cycle is a little bit longer, um, which means, does that mean my follicular phase is longer or my luteal phase is longer? Well, the luteal phase is always longer. It's the longest, Yeah, it's right? the longest. Uh-huh. But it's probably okay. all of it. I mean, my follicular it's phase all is like, like a little bit two longer. Days. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Okay. Anyways, backtracking. One of the things that popped into my head as far as, of course, I'm always trying to take the practical side of things. So everyone forgive me. No, good. I <laughs> think it's this. important. I do. Yeah. So one of the things that popped into my head was thinking about the projects that I have laid out for maybe 2021 and understanding maybe in which season they should be in, not just based on like the kind of content I need to produce in order to make recipes for winter and fall and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, what's the kind of energy output that I'm looking at both on a seasonal basis and then like within my monthly cycle as well and breaking down the different parts of the project based on which feel more like harvest, which feel more like you know, planting seeds and, and, you know, planning and doing all that kind of stuff and kind of going through it and thinking about it that way. And, you know, maybe if you have a project that's going to take you two to three months, taking the part that is like the planning Mm -hmm. and instead of spending an entire month hammering up the planning, doing planning for a week out of that month and then a week out of the next month and then a week out of the following month and then kind of breaking it up more based on your cycle. I think that's just a really interesting thing yeah. to think about and maybe the next level for myself who has done the cycle tracking and things like that. And I know what day things are coming, which is really interesting. I t- Last night I was like, hey, Josh, I'm ovulating tomorrow. Like not like, yay, we're going to try to have a baby because uh-huh. we're not trying to do uh-huh. that right now. But like I was like, I'm so excited to have my energy back tomorrow. And I woke up this morning and I was like, Oh, it felt so different. I was telling you this before we started recording yesterday. I was like, I wanted to punch someone in the face, Uh, mostly Trump, but that's a separate Uh issue. Um, (laughs) Standard practice. Standard. Yep. Standard thought, standard Uh practice, pretty normal. And, uh, and then today I woke up and I was like feeling so expansive and excited Mm -hmm. to talk to you and, you know, work on the rest of my things for the day. And it just, it felt really good. So I think we, I still have a lot more work to do in this area, but that just kind of popped into my head, that cycle of, of adjusting work, but even, but in a bigger, greater capacity. And I think this is something that happens in the minutia of like how we work our business as well. When we kind of flip to this of like, how do we work with our cycle and being entrepreneurs? And, you know, when we dictate what our projects are and how we live our life and how we spend our days, like, first of all, again, what a privilege that is. Mm -hmm. I know that's not the case for everybody. But one of the things that we have the opportunity to do is look at our year from a macro sense and then break it down and kind of into these micro actions and projects and things like that. So I think this is could be a really cool thing to step into. But I want to backtrack like a lot. Okay. <laughs> and go, first of all, like how, you know, how do we get started mm-hmm. with tracking our period mm-hmm. and how do we know what phase we're in as far as like what day things are kind of generally happening. Okay. 
Um, so a lot of this I will cover in the she shop, but I'll kind of give you just basically how I do just it. a brief overview. Yeah. And then you guys got to jump into the she shop, which is the workshop yeah. on October 24th. What time? 10, 10 to 12 PSD, mm-hmm. 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. And you guys, it's so affordable. Yeah. 40 oh, bucks. We wanted to I make just, it totally available for everybody. Yes. So, so accessible. I love yeah. that. So I use the clue app. Um, it's, it, I haven't used flow. I, I think you use flow, right? Is that I correct? Do. Yep. So I haven't used flow just because I got started in clue and it's, it, it's very basic for what I need. Um, I actually am contemplating developing my own app. You know, I've been talking to you about this for a year. Yes. Ma'am. Uh-huh. Um, because I want my, <laughs> I want my app to integrate my uh, cycle into my Google calendar along with the lunar cycle. <laughs> but there's not an app that does that yet. So anyway, um, I use the flow app. It's free or not the flow, excuse me. The, you use that. I use clue. clue. I use the clue app. It's free. Um, and basically I just set it up and then every day I, you know, type the little icon of where I am and like, am I bleeding? You know, is there cervical mucus? Like, and that's the other thing Mm. is like, you can keep track of so much. It's not just, am I bleeding or not? It's Mm -hmm. how's my digestive digestion working? Um, what I started really diving in for, um, my physical activity to make sure I was doing something every day. And it's kind of limited on the, the icon options that they give you. It's like running, swimming, whatever. And so I kind of fudge it a little bit, (laughs) but, um, but it's a really, for me, it was a really helpful way because I would just dive into work and then I would get up from work and I would go make dinner and then I would go to bed. And so this has helped me like keep track of other things that are going on in my life. Uh, in addition to digestions, like my skin health, um, mood, motivation, um, like, am I focused? Am I not focused? All these things. So they're Mm. all in that app and you just press the button for every day. And then, um, so, and then it'll tell you like, this is your, uh, you know, your menstrual cycle or phase. This is your follicular phase. This is your ovulation. This is luteal. And so it basically like my preferred method is an app. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that people could create like a Google form or, you know, whatever, like however they folks need to do it. Um, But my preferred method is the app. And then so, again, it's just starting to collect data on yourself, starting to um, to observe and then Mm -hmm. as you're starting to plan as new things come up, I like to call it my like, yes, no meter Um, like if I get invited to something or to do something, I mean, I'm not really getting invited to a lot these days, but if I, (laughs) but if I get, if you get invited to record a podcast, yes, exactly. Pretty much all we're ever doing socially at this point. Exactly. I, I, the first thing I open is my period tracking app to the calendar Mm. and I look, Mm -hmm. okay, where's the part where there's the little like blue star, which is like my ovulation week. And so then I take that Mm -hmm. and I coordinate it with my Google calendar. And I'm like, okay, I can do this day, this day and this day. And I actually have, if you schedule with me to record a podcast episode, I have every week that I bleed marked out through the end of the year because I'm like, it's not going to happen. And what I first started doing was 
manually putting into my Google Calendar the my different phases so I could that's what I do. yeah so I could start getting yeah. like really comfortable and understanding now I have a much better understanding of like where it is so I can just look and um you know calculate it pretty quickly in my head um but yeah I mean that's really it is like use the apps and uh and they'll make your life easier in that sense um and then schedule accordingly so like if you're going to plan something, it really like I would start with yes and no. Like, do I want to do this where I'm putting myself out in the world? Is this a good time to do it? Take a look and see. And then, you know, start integrating other things in. I think really the more you fold in, it has to be a sustainable practice. And I think a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, I really need to get up on this whole period thing that you keep talking about. Um, I just don't have the time. And I'm like, well, you have to start integrating it in. And also, if it gets to be like a total pain in your ass, then mm. one, let's reevaluate what you're doing. <laughs> but it should be a helpful tool. It shouldn't be like a, a drag on your time. And it's really not. Like I, I find that it's pretty easy. I take maybe a minute a day to evaluate like what's happening. And now that I've been doing it for a while, I'm tracking less in my app because I have a much better understanding of what's going on. So it's really just a practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the idea of getting used to, and then just leaning into, you know, really what your body is telling you rather than having to rely on a calendar or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, I, however, will always have to rely on a calendar because I just, it's my way of like just letting go of the brain power attached mm -hmm. around that. And I think, you know, so much of, of leaning into the power of our body is like letting go of feeling you have, like you have to strong arm everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, just leaning into that kind of natural rhythm. Yeah. I mean, I let my phone tell me when I'm ovulating or when I'm yeah. in my follicular phase or what have you. And it's really lovely. And I have, so I've made it, this is just from a practical sense, you guys kind of going back I manually put in my phases of my cycle into my calendar and I can easily adjust them if like something changes. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I'm 33 ish days to the letter for the most part, um, depending on how long each month is and how that goes. So I just create an event in my Google calendar and I put, for example, ovulation. And then I put notes to it next to say, that say like communication, pitching, collaboration, and then I put some notes in there about like what what my brain is is kind of looking like at that time, which is like being really verbal and fluent, do a lot of podcast interviews, workshops, speaking gigs, networking, pitches, things like that. And so I put that in my calendar and then I set the time period that it should be for me because everybody's, again, so subjective, like mm -hmm. you said. And then I have it repeat every 33 days. Mm -hmm. So it starts at the same period that it did the previous month and within my cycle. And that has been working pretty well. Every once in a while, something gets like off by a day, mm -hmm. which is fine um, because the months change and whatever, and you could just adjust it a little bit. But in general, that really helps me to be able to see that. Yeah. And I think, so. you know, a good point there is 
sometimes it's day to day. Like you were saying yesterday, you wanted to punch somebody and this morning. You're like, I'm on top of the world, (laughs) you know, sometimes it's like a very distinct difference, but often, and you'll notice as you start paying more attention that there is some fudging there. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. just because it's a little off in your calendar, doesn't mean like, oh shit, I bled a day later. So I should move this interview that I'm doing Unless you know yourself well enough to know, actually, that is the case, and I do need to do that. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really, I, I that's exactly what I did for a long time. And it was super helpful until my calendar just was like flooded with all kinds of stuff. And I was like, okay, I need to take this out of here. Like, I know that I know how to do it now. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yep. um, I think that's a really great way to start. Well, and I have, I have two calendars mm-hmm. that I look at. I have a work calendar and then I have a separate calendar that I call like my self-care calendar mm-hmm. and I put it in my self-care nice. calendar. Um, so I can kind of toggle that on and, and have the understanding, but then peel it away and be like, okay, what do I actually need to do today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise I'm just, I get really bogged down with that. Yeah. Okay. So obviously starting with some sort of tracking app is a great place to begin because, you know, that's the, like you said, that observation stage is kind of that first first part of it. Um, and then can we talk a little bit about variance in the length of a typical menstrual cycle? Like why do we see variance there and what's kind of the normal window? Yeah. So that's almost a little out of my scope to be honest. Okay. Um, yeah. and I'll tell you, there's a couple of really great, um, teachers out there who I would recommend, um, Jenna Longoria. She's the period guru. Mm-hmm. We're going to have her yep. on our podcast soon. Um, Beautiful. So fresh and so green with like three or four E's. These are all Instagram handles. Um, She is also a uh, women's hormonal health expert. Um, Barry and Barry. And I'll I'll tell Cassie all these and she'll link them in the show notes for you. But Barry and Barry, I believe is her name. Um, And she has the Flow Academy. Um, Mm. She that great resource. So uh, I would say go check out those resources if you want to dive more into like the science of hormonal health. Um, and then also in our she shop, Liz, who's a holistic nutritional therapist is going to talk about ways to nourish the body to optimize Mm -hmm. hormonal health in regard to your flow, um, in regard to your cycle. So the variations in, in, in cycles can be, it's something like 24 to 36 days. Um, and so I'm on the like shorter end and Cassie, you're nearing the longer end, which I'm actually kind of envious of. <laughs> I'm like when I hear people who have longer cycles, I'm like, dang, that must be nice. <laughs> well, I will. So here's some, a difference that I see because I have a longer cycle. I think the uh, changes within my cycle can vary a little bit more. Mm. So I tend to see like a different start to my like ovulation or follicular phase a little bit. Mm each month. And as long as I'm tuned into my body, I can know, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We're at ovulation today. Mm -hmm. Whereas last, if I had gone by my schedule, ovulation would have started two days ago for me, Mm. but I know for a fact it did not. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) I was like, nope. Um, but yeah, I see a little bit more variance in, you know, how long maybe some of those, um, pieces of my cycle are. And I I can't say I know exactly how and why and all the things, but Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Um, I actually, I really want to do like a, like a beta testing, like group of people mm-hmm. who, because I, I only have my own experiences and then the ideas right. and I can like get some feedback from people that I work with. But I really, as I'm starting to write this book, am interested in collecting more data from people. So, um, you know, if any of you out there want to be a part of that, email me at the glow emporium, the glow emporium at gmail.com. Um, because I'd really like to, hear more of people's personal experiences for that exact reason. I love that. Okay. I'm put, I'm going to put your email in the show notes for everybody so they can send you a, Thank you. a nice little, little, little something. Okay. Um, one of the things that, um, has come up in these conversations I've been having with both my audience on Instagram and then, you know, with our, in our conversations, is kind of planning your, again, going to that practical practical side of planning your lifestyle around your cycle. And we got a specific listener question about planning your exercise around mm-hmm. your cycle. I know that's something that you guys are probably going to go over in depth in the mm-hmm. she shop upcoming, but what's just a general idea of like when we should plan more um, intense workout versus like more restorative movement. Yeah, definitely. So, um, personally I do my very intense workouts when I'm ovulating. Um, Mm -hmm. I have more energy for building up. So this is kind of what my workout schedule looks like. I mean, I don't have a schedule. In (laughs) fact, what am I saying? Uh, this is kind of like the, the, like rhythm of my, my movement. Um, the first, the last two days of my cycle and the first day of my new cycle if I do anything, it's like a walk. Um, and I'm not talking up the big hill out of my front door. It's the small hill because <laughs> I live in a very hilly place. Um, it's a gentle walk that, you know, it, it's really like I, I focus more on the nervous system. Like what am I doing to impact my nervous system? Am I calming my nervous system? This is a time for that I need to calm it because I tend to... Um, get more, uh, like nervous energy around that time. I get overwhelmed easily. Um, and I don't like to feel that way. Like nobody likes to feel that way, you know, but for me, who's like kind of a controlled nut, like it's even more like it, it upsets me to feel like out of control in my body. And one of Mm. the indicators for me is like, um, feeling overwhelmed. And so, I want to just really calm my nervous system down. So I do walks. I do like restorative yoga. Um, Like I'll work in my kitchen and, um, you know, just kind of feel grounded. I just try to ground myself. Um, Then as I start moving into follicular, after I bleed for a day or two, like I'll test it out. But like I will go for a 10 mile bike ride. Um, Like I'll do a yoga class. I usually save my bar classes for like, like when I'm out of my bleed, like I don't really want to do bar while I'm like still bleeding. (laughs) But um, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to do anything while I'm still bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I find, you know, it's because I think I have such a short window 
that's like mm-hmm. bleed to ovulation that I, I feel like my follicular phase, it's like kind of that spring coming out. Like, you know, the first green that you see, it's like, oh, I want to get out for a walk. Even if it's too cold, it doesn't matter. Like I've been in my house for too long. So, mm-hmm. um, so like I just test it out, you know, if I want to get on a, my bike and go for a little bit, like I do. Um, if I want to just go for a walk, I do. But by the time I hit ovulation, like I'm literally climbing a mountain. Like that's what I did last week, you know? So, and I planned that event for the time that I did because I wanted the, like to be in my like highest place of, um, output. So, um, I've actually never done, was it CrossFit? Was that one of the questions that they were asking about? Yeah, I mean, high-intensity interval training, which CrossFit is kind of a version of that. But yeah. Right. Bar is probably closer to hit. But anyway, like I, I, those are the things like you really have to just feel it out. I mean, again, it's Mm -hmm. so subjective. Like I can only say so much (laughs) and and be like, it it really is observing yourself. But one of the things that, um, that I think actually Jenna Longoria talked about was like, the correlation between pushing yourself too much when you're nearing your bleed and, and like starting to bleed will zap energy from the whole rest of your cycle. And so, and I noticed that, like if I push myself when on day 24 and 25 or 26 or whatever, like right before I'm starting Mm -hmm. to bleed, then I feel wiped out the whole rest of the time. Um, and so I, I feel like rest is really responsible during that time if it's possible. Um, mm-hmm. And so like that would be, that's one way that somebody who like has, you know, has a nine to five, like has all these responsibilities, can't, doesn't work from home. Like that's one way you could utilize this method is like, okay, I think maybe I'll just take a day off from, you know, working out or, um, you know, integrate more rest if possible. Um, and then you know, I, I find honestly until, uh, until I'm pretty close to bleed, like I can do most things that feel good in my body. But again, it's, it's really is just like self-observation. Mm. There's a, um, a practice in Ashtanga yoga, yoga called the ladies holiday, which is like, they take mm. three days off from the practice, um, during the menstrual cycle. And, uh, and for me, like I just, I take those three days off anyway. I don't really correlate it to the ladies holiday, but I think that's a pretty fascinating idea. Yeah. Man. So much. I'm like, I feel like this, there's so, this is just scratching the surface. Uh-huh. There's so much more to uh-huh. learn, <laughs> which is so fun to dig into something like that. Okay. Another question that we got that I want, I, I will uh, personally address because it is in this realm of like hormonal health and nutrition is kind of this link between both our appetite and our digestion during our menstrual cycle. And I, the one thing I will just quickly say is, um, you know, when you're during menstruation, your body will kind of release these chemical messengers. They're called prostaglandins and it stimulates, stimulates your uterus to contract. And that helps encourage the shedding of the uterine lining, which is what's happening during your period. And essentially these prostaglandins are, can be responsible for like increasing the, um, rate at which you digest your food. And so what we tend to see is that as your estrogen levels are higher, you will tend toward a a quicker, um, rate of digestion and things will move through your system a little bit quicker as well. And then you'll tend to have like looser stool. 
And then the flip side is as your estrogen declines throughout your cycle, either your stools and um, digestion will kind of quote unquote normalize and come back to a slower pace, or you might even experience some um, constipation outside of your, your actual like menstruation cycle, your period, which I think is really interesting. And then appetite is really related, related and regulated by cortisol levels. And then again, estrogen is like the beast of cortisol levels. Like it determines your cortisol levels in your body. And when estrogen is being produced, it's really being responsible for keeping cortisol levels lower And it's, again, cortisol is like your stress hormone. So when estrogen declines, we tend to see cortisol levels rise and vice versa. So this is like the interesting thing that happens when you think about like the seasons of life and you head from, you know, having a regular cycle to maybe being perimenopausal or menopausal, you see this huge decline in estrogen production, which tends to like allow cortisol levels to rise. And when our cortisol is high, as you can imagine, our appetite is um, changing with that. So I'm sure you and Liz are probably going to talk about this during the workshop or at least gloss over it. I think from a nutrition perspective, I think it's really interesting to start, you know, letting the the cravings and the different things and the digestive symptoms be one of those things that you document mm-hmm. while you um, start to come into a place of observation and so much of understanding like your body's rhythm when it comes to digestion and nutrition and appetite is observation as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just really getting to know your body. So that was one of the questions we got just about appetite and menstrual cycle. Like, why do we get so hungry Yeah. <laughs> during our menstrual cycle? First of all, your body is like, do it. There's a lot of energy output in shedding the lining of your entire, like your uterus. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be hungrier. You're actually burning more cal- calories during that time. Um, and, you know, you are seeing this swift and shift and swing in your hormone levels that kind of dictates that appetite change as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really, um, important. The idea of when, when you start observing your body's rhythm, you're going to observe so many other things too. And it's really going to, um, give you a, a nice roadmap of information. So like if I go see a practitioner about an acute need, then I have a year and a half's worth of data that I can be like, well, here, let me pull out my period app and just start scrolling uh-huh. through and be like, well, actually, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it, it's such an easy way to take in like content information about yourself that might otherwise yes. just kind of glaze over, you know, and you're like, I don't actually know when the last time I had my period was like, you know, that, that's a, there's a very easy fix to that. Yeah. I think also when we come at our health from a place of observation and try to have more of that macro view of things, we tend to like just let go of some of the guilt around some of those micro decisions that we're making and understand it's literally like our body chemistry that's lovingly putting us in a, in a position of, you know, craving more carbohydrates or less or more fat or less or what have you. And I know you guys are going to go heavy into like how to support your body during each phase of your cycle when it comes to nutrition in the she shop, which is really exciting. Do you want to just tell us again a little bit more about what everyone's going to learn during the she shop? How do they sign up? Cause you need to, cause if this is just like getting the wheels turning for you and you want to go deeper to figure out how to make really like, again, come from a place of power mm-hmm. within leaning into your cycle and understanding your period 
um, you need to do this workshop with Sharon and Liz. I'm like, I'm really excited for Yay. it. I'm signing up. Yes. Oh, I'm excited too. <laughs> well, um, I think from Liz's perspective, you know, if you like, if you're a person who like the last week of your cycle, like you're just getting by on chocolate and coffee, this is going to be a great workshop for you. (laughs) If, um, you know, if you want to know how to nourish your body better to, um, support each stage. And it's not like, we're not going to give you like a list of things like, okay, for this week, you're going to only eat, you know, beets and blah, blah, blah. Like it's not going to be a chore. (laughs) We're really Mm -hmm. just giving, it's not a diet. It's not a diet. Oh no, no. It's, we're (laughs) really just giving you tools that you can utilize for your own body support. Um, but if like you're, you know, if you're questioning like why you want to track your cycle, this is a really great workshop for you. Um, if you dread your period, this is a really great workshop for you. Like if you want to have a deeper, like in, um, connection to like the wisdom of your body, like we'll go a little, we we dabble in the woo. Okay. We don't like dive in. (laughs) We dabble. (laughs) We dabble in the woo on this. Yeah. I think it's important, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so we're going to, um, just give people tools on how to track their cycle, which we kind of talked about today. We'll dive in more and you'll be able to ask questions. Um, and then confidence in understanding your cycle. So, you know, we'll dive, I'll dive so much deeper in the like seasons of things. I, I, um, I've also created an acronym that I'm going to wait and share in the she shop. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to come to the she Love shop. Love me an acronym. <laughs> I actually made an acronym. It's great. Um, just as a way to like help remember which phase is what, um, and then, um, you know, how to support your body's rhythms and like how to understand it better. Like as you're folding things in, like we want you to feel confident that when you leave the workshop, you're like, I know how to track my cycle. I know why I want to track my cycle. Um, even if I don't bleed, like Liz is postpartum, she is not bleeding, but she is still utilizing this method for her productivity, her energy output, her rest time, like, you know, all those things. Um, but we want you know, you to know, okay, like observing your body, if you see there's a deficiency, like you can try some like nutrition things, like you can try X, Y, and Z, like you'll know, you'll have a much better understanding of like how to reach in your well-being toolbox and pull out tools that we're going to teach you, resources that we're going to teach you and apply them as you're learning how to do this method. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for the workshop. You guys run. Do not walk. Run (laughs) to sign up for the workshop. Again, October 24th. October 24th. At 10 a.m. Pacific. Yeah. And I will link the um, registration link in the the show notes Mm -hmm. for everyone. And I'm just, I'm so excited for all of us to dig more into this and tune into our bodies better, you know, and leaning into those hormonal fluctuations rather than trying to fight them. And figuring out ways to, you know, support our body, but then also like really allow ourselves to enter this place of expansiveness because we're coming into a better understanding, which is just so beautiful. Sharon, thank you for being on the podcast again this week. Uh, So grateful for your time and your expertise. You're amazing. We love you. My pleasure, really. Thank you so much. Okay. Give everyone a rundown of where they can find you. Um, Okay. Well, most of the time I'm at the 
the.glow.emporium at um, on Instagram. However, I am taking a little break. Uh, so I pop on there in my stories just to give updates on things. Um, I, you can go visit theglowemporium.com, which is my web, my new brand new website. And so it's still a work in progress, um, but you can sign up for my email list there. And I am pretty regular on what I'm sending out. So it's, that's honestly the best way to keep up with podcast. Oh, <laughs> I have a podcast unrefined. She, um, and you can get that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and right now we're our whole kind of the way we do, um, unrefined. She is we pick a topic and then spend the month talking about it. So we have a lot of, um, content right now and in interviews, um, regarding period health. Uh, so if you have more questions, you can go check those episodes out, the last few episodes out. Um, but yeah, those are kind of my basic hangouts these days. Love it. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on again, Sharon. We appreciate you and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.